1: Welcome to the There It Is Podcast, a comedy podcast to help you find your inspiration. I'm your host, Jason Farr. Let's do this. Thanks so much for being here. Thoroughly appreciate it. We have a fun episode for you today. It's with an old friend of ours, Frey Ford. So we talk about what he's been getting into. But first, I did want to mention something, an article that has been making the rounds this week. It's an article that was on Medium.com, and it's written by Risa Harms, and it's titled Navigating the UCB Theater as an Asian American Woman. And she does a really good job just speaking from that perspective. She doesn't speak for anybody else. And I, in, in keeping with that sort of I can only speak from my perspective, full disclosure, never taken a class at UCB. I don't really know their process for casting. I've heard a little bit about it, have not experienced it. I just want to say, I think you should read this article and, uh, you know, I'm not trying to diss some other theater here. I I just think it's another chance for us to hear from someone and, uh, hear their perspective and take a second to say, okay, where are my blind spots? You know, because I don't know that everybody's racist or everybody's sexist or everybody's bigoted, but I, and that's, I don't think that's what she's saying in the article. Again, read it. But I do think that even for people who are making casting decisions who are not bigoted in some way, they still have biases because we all do. And, and we are going to, kind of favor people who we connect with the most or relate to the most. And sometimes I think we do have to go out of our way to find a voices different than the ones that we are familiar with. And I think uh, this is just another opportunity for us to take stock and say, how can I do a little better at involving other people who maybe aren't the first people I would think of? And, uh, you know, that's fine, it's all just part of progress, everybody. Let's progress. Speaking of progressing, uh, let's have some progress in this episode and switch gears here and chat about today's guest. So Frey is an old friend from South Carolina and we've known each other years now. I don't even know exactly how long. I, I, we talk about his time in South Carolina, moving on. We haven't seen him in forever, so it was really great to catch up. Here's my chat with Frey ford a lot of times when i have people on i i start off saying like yeah how did you get in the comedy but i know how you got in the comedy you were you know? <laughs> there
0: the yeah. very first time i ever did comedy yeah was
1: i hosting the first time you did it or was
0: i believe you were hosting it was at coffee underground and you put me last i'll always remember that well and... we
1: never know you know like like here's a new guy uh we'll just and plus yeah, so many yeah. people who've been there a while it's like hey can i get up can i you know you know how it is so then like even if you're not trying the new people end up last
0: yeah but you crushed I don't I I feel like if I looked back now I don't know if I would think that I remember at the time thinking that I was very nervous and so I was just so happy it didn't go terrible
1: yeah, definitely didn't go terrible. Definitely saw the talent immediately. And then also, I think I when you got off stage, I said, I will call him Mini-Me. Yeah, Because uh, yeah, you were, the, at the time, the only other black dude. <laughs> I remember
0: what made me the most happy is you came up to me and you said, uh, how long have you been doing stand-up? Or like, where did you, you come from? And I said, that was my first set. And I think you were like, oh, wow. And then I was like, oh, I'm a pro. <laughs> no, I'm a pro now.
1: Yeah, that's definitely uh I mean I guess you had some stage presence cuz you had previously done some rapping. Uh <laughs> uns-
0: <laughs> Yeah, I was I was a Christian rapper for a very long time. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So maybe that's where some of your uh, uh, stage presence came. No, but for real, like you, you were I one it, of.
0: No, it really did come from that. My dad used to make me like rehearse every weekend in our, our house, and so he really drilled stage presence into me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if you don't have to talk about that period of your life if you don't want. Oh, but...
0: I'm totally down to talk about that. <laughs> I'm not talking about anything.
1: You did that for a while, and you were like a teen when you started that.
0: I started when I was eight, oh, and then dang. I did it. Till I was fourteen when I like when I quit.
1: And so, yeah. what was the impetus for that? For going into Christian rap?
0: Uh well, I so my dad was hosting this like so. I went I went to this mega church in South Carolina uh, for most of my young life, mm-hmm. and my parents both worked there, and my dad hosted this, like, Christmas gala thing, and they would do, like, which I see in hindsight, they would do sketches mm-hmm. and do bits and stuff like that. I didn't really understand what they were doing. And then he wanted to, he's a big rap nerd. He had a rap group when he was a kid, and he wanted to do a, uh, a bit where they would take public enemy songs and turn them into Christian songs or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And so he did Fight the Devil instead of Fight the Power, <laughs> and, and no one wanted to do it. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> finally, he was like, oh, I'll just make my... Kid do it, um, <laughs> and I was eight, and he like set gave me the paper of the rap and I, made me do it, and I was terrible, and he was like, "We'll figure it out," <laughs> and, and then he threw me on stage in front of a couple hundred people, baby, rap this song.
1: Uh, and then I were like, you <laughs> the Chuck D part?
0: There was two of us, and we I had the second verse, and then <laughs> and we split the third verse. Okay, like, oh, I yeah. see,
1: I see. Yeah. So it wasn't like one was Chuck D and... No,
0: I, I wasn't Flavor Flav. <laughs>
1: yeah, the other is Flavor <laughs> you, you didn't have to wear a big... I guess it would be a big cross, big cross. instead of it, a big, cl- big yeah. cross. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then you quit doing that because you didn't want to do it anymore?
0: Uh, yeah. It's hard when you don't believe in God anymore. You know, <laughs>
1: <laughs> At 14 already, we're like, hey, I don't believe.
0: When you're having an existential crisis at 14, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, if you're having an existential crisis at 14, then whatever you're doing, stop. Just, <laughs> it doesn't just matter ahead. what it is.
0: Take a breather, man. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah.
1: And um, so, yeah, I guess you didn't have a lot of stage time, so you knew how to be on a stage. You had a voice. You have a, a distinct voice immediately.
0: I have a weird voice for sure,
1: <laughs> but that's got to help with the uh, career.
0: I think it does. Yeah, I think it does. People, well, yeah, hair and, you can't tell if my hair, you know my hair
1: looks like I know, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Hair and voice, I think, are the, the things that have gotten me by for the first few years. <laughs> doing yeah. This. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and so when you started stand-up, um, I mean, I guess you did have, you, you didn't have much com- competition for hair, but, um, no. you know, there was, a, <laughs> there were a lot of, uh, a lot of us, In that room, uh, every Monday you were going up, you were consistent. And, um, you know, you you were one of the few people that I remember. I mean, there are a handful of people who first couple times up, you go like, oh, that person is good and they're going to be around. Yeah. And did you have that knowledge? I mean, did you going in, were you like, yeah, I want to do this for a while?
0: I at first I didn't think I could do it, and I I toyed around with the idea a lot. And then I had a buddy who did it, and it looked really easy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Well, he did it. And I mean, that didn't look that hard. So I think I could do it if he could." And I think at the time, I didn't have like a long term plan. I was just real lost. I was nineteen. I didn't go to college. All my friends went to college. I had a GD. I have a blood disorder. I a bruise and stuff. And so I was like, I didn't know what to do. And so it just gave me. I think at the time it was just like, this is just something I can do every week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was, like, I, it was very short term. And then because I all, I just wanted to be a filmmaker. That's all I wanted to do. I just wanted to uh. make movies. I wanted to direct. I wanted to act. I wanted to write. I wanted to be at the time I just wanted to be Seth Rogen. That's all I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, then stand up was I think always like a well, I can do this right now. Like it's very hard to go make a movie. I don't have money. I didn't have skills. I didn't go to film school. I didn't know how to do any of it. Uh, but I could write a set and go do a set at Coffee mm-hmm. Underground. Uh, and So that was like the first few – I think that was the first few months. And then it became, oh, I think I just want to do this right now.
1: And you did do some – you were making your own short films and stuff while still in South Carolina.
0: <laughs> Me and Jazz Scovel. Yeah. <laughs> we made some weird stuff. <laughs>
1: You definitely, yeah, I mean, it, I think the thing that everybody saw in you immediately was that you had gumption. You were like I, Lois Lane in that regard. So, man,
0: I got gumption. <laughs> Damn right.
1: Yeah, I mean, you were you were getting out there, you were doing stuff, you were consistent, and, and it was solid stuff. So, you know, it was always fun having you on a show.
0: Man, I appreciate that. That's, you should have told me that then.
1: <laughs> I feel like... <laughs> I feel like somebody had to have. No, I mean, no. w- were you feeling like nobody was, uh, uh, like, noticing?
0: No, I just, I, comedy gives me a lot of anxiety. Ah. <laughs> and I remember, when I think back to first starting stand-up, I just remember being very nervous all the time.
1: Mm, I am surprised you to know? hear that.
0: Yeah, Do you, did you ever have that? I'm sure it's gone.
1: Uh, I didn't really have nervousness and I don't yeah. know why I never got nervous. Even when I was in school and had to do like a presentation, I never got nervous for some reason.
0: Oh, hell yeah. You're cool, dude. Nah
1: I mean I don't know if it's cool, but <laughs> 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 but I, I just I think I'm just lucky. Yeah, um, I feel we, that. I don't ha- I didn't have to worry about that at all. I didn't have to push through that.
0: You have, but you have great confidence on stage too. You have oh, like nice. you always got the the Obama thing, I think, because <laughs> just like that being able to stand still and focus to deliver it perfect. Uh, I always <laughs> thought you have you have that skill set.
1: Oh, thanks. I appreciate yeah. that. Um, yeah, I mean that there are definitely moments where I can, it's, it's, it is essentially fear, but I don't in a very tangible way think it is fear like it's not something where i can go oh i'm afraid to do this but mm-hmm. i will hold back sometimes mm-hmm. trying to do certain things especially with improv and that's when it's like okay that just, that's because okay. of fear i'm just afraid of looking silly
0: man i just started doing improv uh man, i roasted improv for years
1: <laughs> yeah i know i know because uh, you took a class at alchemy And you were like, it just weren't, you weren't feeling it.
0: I hated it. Not, (laughs) it was not towards any person. (laughs) Right, right, right. It was, it was really towards myself once again. I think I was very nervous. And I remember there was this one dude in the class I thought was funnier than me. I was just like, fuck that guy, man. (laughs) (laughs) I was so nervous uh, that I quit within three weeks. But then I went and did my first open mic set right after that. Um, And so when I moved here, I, I started going to UCB. I'm doing improv now. And I'm like, man. They, this is way harder.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: to fear that, you know, to step up, to like take the leap, all of that stuff. Uh, it's, that's much stronger in improv than stand up.
1: Especially UCB's approach because they have a very, like, their approach is very, have a comedic point and go they with They want it.
0: to come in with that game and come in strong. Right, like, exactly. Right to, yeah, 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 to play it out.
1: Which isn't what I, my style is. So, mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about that as much, but mm-hmm. um I mean, they're it's not necessarily easier <laughs> because then then where you're at is still just like, "Hey, we'll focus on this part." And also, you still have to recognize a game and play it when it's there, you know.
0: <laughs> so but, it's yeah, it like, still be funny, but don't be too funny. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's always like I, I I've talked about it too much, I'm sure, but a lot of theaters get put in the don't worry about being funny and that translates for some people to uh, you don't have to be funny a scene doesn't have to be funny I think yeah. the the thing really is that <laughs> hey focus on relationship and character and let the humor naturally come out of that and then you know be funny with that humor that comes out of that so don't, it's still be funny
0: oh, jokey jokey
1: <laughs> exactly
0: which is I think what stand-ups or at least I and some stand ups I've talked to have that's what we brush up against. I feel like when you do stand up and then you try to dip your toes in improv, it's like you, your brain is, tr- I feel like stand ups just riff. You know, mm-hmm. we just like, we just go off and we just be funny. Whereas in improv, there's like a set structure this is supposed to go through. Yeah.
1: Um, I mean, one of the things too, I guess, is like, of course there's stand-ups who are doing a character but you're right putting it in a, well let's riff until we find the thing and then just like beat that over the head whereas improv is more who is your character and speak from that character's point of view which is a like, kind of a different there there is a lot of overlap, but it is also very different.
0: Well and improv's a sport yeah that's what, it's like I feel like stand-ups golf and improvs football. <laughs> and, yeah, and I'm not that good at football yet but I'm figuring it out <laughs>
1: that's a really astute way to put it honestly yeah. you know because it's not even just like there's a team out there, there there's a defensive line and an offensive line and- there's
0: like, oh, a lot of things <laughs> happening at once and you have to be thinking very fast and moving very quick whereas a golf man you can really just take your time dude people <laughs> will wait <win. laughs> uh, yeah
1: what level are you in in uh, the UCB I'm at uh, 301. Oh, great.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, that's good. I mean that you're you're getting ahead there and that uh,
0: Yeah, that's fun. And thankfully the CBS thing uh made it pretty easy to to segue into uh hanging out over there.
1: Yeah, uh, so that's the other big thing. So I mean after South Carolina you moved to Atlanta for a bit, but then you got this CBS Diversity Sketch Showcase. Yeah. And uh that's what took you out to LA for a year. Yeah, past year.
0: yeah yeah
1: how so, did that come about
0: man um it was a couple things i you know i um i just first i just i was requested to audition for it um cool. and i've you know i've done those i've done like the NBC one and i bombed that super hard and i remember i had missed like my uh my now fiance's like sister's wedding to do the NBC one mm. and i bombed it and i was like man fuck these things. <laughs> I, hate, I hate these showcases. I felt terrible. And so when I got to the CBS one, I was I, I think I kind of blew it off initially. Mm-hmm. And so I just said, they wanted three characters. I said, I'm just going to go in there and do stand up, uh, and then dip and go about my day. Uh, cause I didn't want to put too much pressure on it. And so right. I did stand up and walked out, didn't really think about it. And then I would say like two months later or so, I got a call from the director, mm-hmm. uh, saying they really liked my um, stand-up, but they were confused because I didn't do anything they asked me to do, uh, which was <laughs> characters. <laughs> um, and so they were like, uh, the director was like, I like you a lot, but I'm... Ch- I- oh, and that was the thing, too. See, that's why I have Catherine. Uh She's my, my publicist. <laughs> um, so they they looked up, they were like, this guy's funny, but we don't know if he's an actor. uh mm-hmm. And so they looked up uh, my film that I made with my fiance.
1: Right. I was just about to mention, how do they not know about that? Like, how did you get asked to audition if they didn't know about that?
0: I was referred from an, um, a guy named Mark Kendall, who is really respected in Atlanta. He's fantastic. He's great. He's one of the best performers.
1: Yeah. He's been on the podcast.
0: Oh, really? Awesome. Man, I love Mark. He's I great.
1: love Mark. He's one of the best ever. <laughs> he really. changed my life. <laughs> oh, wow.
0: He he uh we, we were on some shows together. We really hit it off. They asked him for a list of people and he put my name on that list, man. Uh he's, that
1: kind he's of He's the nicest guy.
0: Yeah, he's really really nice. Um and so they so they I got on that list that way, but they didn't know about good hair. Yeah, just, so
1: good hair let's talk about that before you jump yeah. back into just so people know this thing that they watched that got you <laughs> in there. Um yeah. so you made that a couple years ago when you were still in Atlanta.
0: Yeah. So yeah, I made it made in Atlanta. Yeah.
1: And uh, what's the, it's you and Catherine?
0: Yeah. So me and my fiance made it. We had first started dating. She's an actress uh, and director,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: we met on a film set.
1: We uh, both have good hair.
0: We both have good hair. She has red curly hair. I have, you know, black curly hair. And so we made a movie about basically. Uh, I use all of uh, her conditioner, and it starts the biggest fight. Of our entire relationship, <laughs> uh, and it just just snowballs downhill from there. Um, and so we made that for super cheap, and mm-hmm. just kind of threw it together very last minute. And then it did. We put, took it on tour. We did stand up with it. and We would show it all these different cities. We did, and then we got picked for Just for Laughs. Um, yeah. And Kevin Hart picked it. We screened it Just for Laughs. That was wild. And yeah. then, uh, went, and now it's on Amazon Prime. Um, yeah it's so
1: dope man I mean I, yeah. when that all happened we all were like this is so fun but also so good for Frey. I mean no one was surprised that it happened because we all knew you were super talented Thank but you, um, I was
0: surprised it <laughs> I, you know we when we made it I remember the the first time we ever screened it we were worried it was the worst mistake of our lives <laughs> it's just so funny how you don't know like if anything's good uh, yeah. and it's really just based on how people react just for last was a huge surprise that mm-hmm. was amazing. um yeah it was it was all crazy to us yeah
1: it's so weird but you know like when you're the one seeing stuff happen you know like i said when we saw that go well for you we were not surprised but when you put something out, being on that side, you have no idea what's going to happen because nope. you put something nope. out and people may not see it.
0: They might or it just might be bad. Like, right, and that's, yeah. I, I don't say that in a self-deprecating way. I think a lot of times, like, you really don't know. You've been staring at the same thing over and over and over. Uh, that you get to a point where you don't know if it's good or not. Right. And i never forget the premiere of Good Hair and being like, oh, I think this might actually be kind of good. Like it was yeah. getting big laughs. And at the end, people were crying and stuff. Uh, and that I had never, you know, I only did stand up, I never made anything that made someone cry before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that's when we were like, oh, we might have accidentally made something <laughs> that was good.
1: <laughs> you know. And so they finally saw that. And yeah. said, oh, "Okay, let's bring this. You know, we we know this guy can act. Got,
0: oh, but they they that wasn't that wasn't even the end. <laughs> they, they saw it. They're like, he's got chops. We still don't know. Um, because I'm just playing myself in good hair. Like, yeah. Sleeping, like in any. So I guess
1: way. that's sort of like the stand-up performance.
0: They said I was leading man material, but I wasn't like a you know a character dude. Um, right." So then they asked me to put a bunch of characters on tape and send those to CBS. And so the director told me, just get drunk, put on some wigs, and have fun. And that's what me and Kat did. We just got drunk, bought a bunch of shit at Target, and just filmed like 10 characters in a row for like four hours one night, <laughs> cut it up, sent it to them, And then a week later, we were. I got the call to move to LA. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow,
1: so let's talk about where your head was at that point. Because, I I mean, I saw it all unfolding because you said, like, hey, so I have to move to L.A. <laughs> like yeah. You posted that. You are just sort of like, this is happening, but I We've can't say why. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, like, you you signed those NDAs, and it's like yeah. it could be forever before uh, you can say what it was that well, you were in.
0: It's like you want to make sure it, like – you stay all the way through. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. You know, once again, yeah, people get dropped sometimes, I've heard. Like, True, I yeah. did that to to year, but I've heard that happening, and I was so nervous that I was like, I don't want to tell anyone.
1: No, uh, it's actually common when something is shot for, like a pilot is shot for, between the pilot and when it gets picked up, yeah. and they start shooting the rest of the episodes, uh, before they air the pilot, they can change who was yeah, on. Yeah,
0: don't. Don't yeah. Don't say anything. You can get cut. Like, at yeah, any point.
1: they will totally recast stuff that show Nancy Drew. Like in the original pilot, um, Freddie Prinze Jr. was playing the dad, but they totally recast it, and then they reshot the pilot.
0: They. I was listening to Dax Shepard's podcast. He talked about how he got fired off a of pilot. Yeah. And I was,
1: it's very recently. common
0: and I was just telling her I was like man that could happen at any dude they will come for you at any point <laughs> like, right like don't don't flex too hard you never right. know what could happen
1: right yeah. like Mark Paul Gossler's on uh mixed-ish is it that yeah. one and like yeah. he wasn't That's the real. one in the pilot
0: yeah
1: <laughs> yeah it was like uh one of the dudes from workaholics was the original dad it was originally in that role Man, he was originally in the pilot and they reshot the scenes with him. That's bro. a co lead,
0: <laughs> bro, bro. That's a cold world, man. That's why you gotta make your own show, they can't fire you.
1: That's <laughs> true, but like, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Like, make your own stuff, it'll help, but at the same time, um, I wonder. Cause you you never know, like sometimes they're like, Hey, we're going to film in Vancouver. And it's like, well, I'm not moving to Vancouver (laughs) for three months out of the year.
0: I already wanted to move to LA. Um, Mm -hmm. but it was like, you know, you want to get the call. And so even my brain was like, even if this doesn't, I don't know where this is going to go, but all I know is this is my fucking excuse to leave and move to Los Angeles. So I'm going to take the the pass, man, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, good for you. Uh, but it, and it worked out. I mean, like, so what exactly comes of the diversity sketch showcase? Like, what I, I don't, I am fuzzy on those details.
0: So essentially, what it is, it's like a four-month program. They they bring you out. You start in October. Uh, you write. You know, it's kind of SNL style. Like, it's week by week. And so you write sketch. You know, you pitch sketches at the beginning of the week. Then you spend you know a couple days writing them. Then we stage them in front of each other, uh, and then you pick the best ones from there. You put them in a bank, and you reset. And we did that for like three months. Mm-hmm. And so you have hundreds of sketches. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's a uh, team of writers, but mm-hmm. you're still wanting to write for yourself because you know yourself and your comedy. Right. Uh, and so it's, you know, not cutthroat. Everyone's working together, but it's definitely like there's pressure. mm mm-hmm. It's cutthroat. Yeah, you know,
1: it's, yeah. yeah, it's cutthroat. cutthroat. I mean, I guess some people, even if they, because I like guess in L, everyone can get along, but they still like you're competing with each other. So
0: yeah, you're still trying to be the one who becomes the superstar. Like <laughs> <laughs> you know, like uh, you got to write yourself. You got to write yourself a star, you yourself a star sketch. sketch if you want to have a star sketch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, and so I wrote my sketch, thankfully, uh, and it was a rap thing, a rap parody. Oh, and so you brought
1: it back? You've- I brought it back,
0: man! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, I did a parody of Drake's I'm Upset, mm-hmm. and it was a song called I'm Committed, about <laughs> how good of a boyfriend I am. <laughs> and so I, I wrote that in the first, like, I think the first week or the second week of the showcase. I'm Catherine. My, sorry, my publicist is <laughs> right next to me, giving me a lot of advice. Um... <laughs> And so, yeah, basically, you write the sketches and then you put on a show at the El Portal in North Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And you do five or six shows over a week, uh, all executives, all Hollywood people. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, we do the sketch show and then you mingle afterwards. And then that's pretty much the gist.
1: And so, what comes of that? I mean, do they put those sketches out somewhere or is it so they can I mean, find talent?
0: it's so they can find talent like you know it's it's uh it's a sketch show that's specifically designed to highlight actors that are castable you know like to like say like this is the kind of thing you you could cast these people as um it's basically like a big calling card to the industry saying these are the next round of diverse amazing brown comedians Mm -hmm. Uh, and then there's also a holding deal afterwards you can get a holding deal with cbs Mm-hmm. uh to audition for their pilots and stuff like that uh so that's kind of an extra Instead, yeah. yeah yeah,
1: yeah those are the good sort of gigs to get like if you don't outright get cast in something you know getting a holding deal on a script or to being able to audition for things that's yeah that helps because that means uh there's some possible money in in different ways that you can make
0: oh for sure, oh for sure yeah that was that's definitely the top price. Uh, they, I got the whole deal. Thankfully,
1: that's awesome, man.
0: <laughs> so that was it. Was sick. It was great.
1: And what was the writing process like for you? I mean, it's obviously writing. You know, writing for stand up is mm-hmm. something you knew you could do, but when it came to improv, I mean, I know you were like, "Well, how do I do that?" And sketch is closer to being like improv than it is like stand up in some respects. So. How was that for you in, in transitioning into trying to write sketches?
0: It was, it, it was a rough transition. Not in a, in a, like, it was bad, but in a... I had to learn how to do a new form of comedy that I've never done before. Uh, and so it felt like a really awesome three-month crash course on sketch comedy. Mm-hmm. And the director is very, very good at sketch. He has a very clear idea and vision for it. Uh, and so I felt like, um, I walked out of it, uh, very, very good at sketch, but I didn't feel like that when I walked in for sure. That's good. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that's a real good tool in your tool belt.
0: Yeah. And then at the end of it, you know, uh, you know, I didn't even need to be that character guy that I was worried about. Like the kind of actor I am fit perfectly in the sketch show, which was, uh, cool to see.
1: True. Yeah. I think, when it comes to auditioning, I guess they're like, Well, I guess we need this, but then they just see what they have and they go with who they <laughs> they <laughs> who they like. And exactly. uh you know, if you're not a character player, which a lot of greats aren't, you know? I mean not like yep. it's not like everyone on SNL is Kristen Wig or somebody like that. I mean, Yo, you
0: gotta have the strength. I'm just trying to be Pete Davidson, bro. <laughs> 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 That's me. I'm just trying to be Pete
1: who has said publicly he's terrible at sketch. (laughs) (laughs) We all know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he's himself a lot. Great stand-up. Such a great stand-up. Such Such a unique perspective.
0: Such a good performer.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, and that helps when you have a a clear perspective of who you are as a, a voice in comedy.
0: You re- and I think specifically, and I've learned in sketch and improv, you need to know where you are. I'm right. the straight man. I will play, play that all day, and I'm the perfect guy to react off the person being wild. That was something I had to learn through the CBS, through the improv and all that stuff. That stand-up, you don't really know that about yourself because you're only playing against yourself. Yeah, It's you and the crowd. That's it. But uh, this was the first time, besides film that I was like oh I got to like figure out how I play in this giant group of people and how I can stand out at being the best at the thing I do you know
1: right right i could see you being a good uh, good good straight man i mean that's yeah. my it's i feel like that's my strong suit
0: i could see that too yeah uh,
1: um i mean i definitely want to be a little bit better at like playing characters but mm. but you know mm-hmm. like i said not it's if it's not the tools in your tool belt, then just like use those tools that, that you have at the best ability.
0: Don't try to <laughs> don't try to be the other guy. Right, I'm not. You know, Kristen Wiig. I'm not gonna be Kristen Wiig.
1: Right, right.
0: I, I want to like, be Kristen Wiig. So how can I do that?
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, it's like she is a character machine.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Like she can just come up with bits left and right, and I'm not like huge. A huge bit guy you know like i like seeing people who look, are good at bits. bits right right it's insane yeah. uh all the different things that people have to do in comedy or, or can do i should say in comedy it, it can it can be kind of surprising because you before you start doing comedy you just look at it as it's comedy But then you start doing it and you're like, oh, there's like character work or being a straight man or voice of reason or what people, you know, I'm not sure the official phrase now, but, um, uh, you know, all the different bits and and they're they're just all these different things that you can be and do and you don't have to be all of them.
0: There's a place for you in there. You just got to figure out what your place is. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, That's what I felt like doing, you know, dabbling in improv, sketch, stand up. I haven't done stand up in a while. Uh, Because I realized, I was like, I think I want to focus on writing right now. Like, I think it's okay to dabble in other things and figure out where do I fit the best, you know? Uh, I think that's an important thing to do in comedy.
1: Yeah, I haven't done stand-up much up here. And I I found a a room that I like. And they're cool with me up there. But um, I don't have time on Monday nights now. (laughs) So it's like, all right, well. Yeah. I'm doing improv. I enjoy that. Uh, What was... Were you do have you done stand up at all since moving to LA? I have not. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, isn't that weird like so many people have like I, moved and then they stopped doing stand up?
0: It, it I've found this is common. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just me. Um and you know it was it was kind of an intentional before we moved I was kind of not like I want to quit but I was kind of bored. Mm. Uh, and I just kind of felt like I needed to shake it up and try something new. And then I got, so, you know, we had also, we had just did our second movie that had taken a lot out and I was like, I just want to mix it up. And then I got CBS and that felt like a sign of mm-hmm. some sort of like, this is the new thing. Uh, and it was so time consuming. I didn't have time to do stand up. And then since the CBS, it's been, let's write our pilot and let's like write a really good pilot. We got signed. We got a manager. We're at three arts now. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, man. It's dope. And like, we're like, let's take advantage of this moment. And just, like, make the best pilot in the world. So now that's the thing I'm doing. Um, and I think it's, you know, you got to figure out where you fit.
1: Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's... it's When there are other opportunities, it's kind of what you have to do, to a certain degree. If Especially when things are going well with these other opportunities. You don't want to, like, spread yourself too thin.
0: Exactly. Exactly.
1: Let's talk about the other movie. Uh, tell us about that.
0: Man, yeah, I am ex- I love this. And, uh, we made a movie called Pop-Pop is Dead. Uh, um, <laughs> and basically, uh, we play a couple again. We wrote it. We directed it. Um, Kat, basically, uh, her character Layla, her grandfather Pop-Pop passes away. So we go back to our hometown of Gaffney, South Carolina.
1: Uh-huh, I know it well.
0: And, you know it. <laughs> the big peach, big big butt in the sky. Yep. And we spend three <laughs> days with a crazy family, and we try to make it out. Uh, you know, couple antics. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're all about it, and yeah, man, it's online now. We put it out uh, because we just want people to watch all of our stuff. And so, Good Hair and Pop Pop are both on Vimeo right now.
1: Oh, cool! And you also mentioned that Good Hair is on Amazon Prime.
0: It is indeed.
1: Yeah, that's really cool. And yeah, you know, man. it's great now that like people can get stuff made and then just put it on Vimeo, and yeah. you know, it's just out there.
0: You can just put it, yeah, you can just, you can, you're your own distributor. Right. Uh, that's the coolest part. Uh, and, you know, like, that's what we did with Good Hair. That's why we just took it on the road. Like, we really liked, you, uh, you know, it's fun to put stuff out, but it's fun to, like, see people experience your content. Mm-hmm. And that's the coolest part. Um, and so we really love doing those shows and stuff because we think our movies in general just, like, are much better in a room of people laughing at
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. That's a really great idea to like take it on the road and make it more of a show than just like, all oh, right, we're we're showing the movie, we're premiering the movie here, yes. like you know, adding some other elements to it makes
0: it a yeah. bigger, bigger thing. For the premiere of pop pop, we did it at Buckhead Theater in Atlanta, mm-hmm. uh, beautiful historic venue, was yeah. like six hundred people, man, and we had we did uh, we have an original country soundtrack. <laughs> uh, this band this is awesome. Um, that's awesome that's awesome so they played at the premiere we had stand up at the premiere we had say what oh yeah shout out to Corey yeah man it was a fun show
1: yeah that's yeah. awesome so what's next I mean you've got the holding deal at CBS
0: yeah I had, that, I had a six month deal Um, and now we are literally it's like finished the pilot mode we have um, okay. goal was to deliver our pilot to 3R to start taking it around and figuring out how to find an executive producer to hop on
1: board. Yeah, and then also, I mean, I don't know how often this happens now. Sometimes people just, they make money off of pitching their ideas. Like, they'll pitch stuff. And they'll, it will never see the light of day, but it gets, like, an option. And so they're just like, all right, and then they just make...
0: You pay rent for a year and then you write another thing. Right,
1: (laughs) right. It's (laughs) just like... You know, it's it's not necessarily gaming the system because it's just sort of mm-hmm. like, well, this is an opportunity and it's either something that I'm going to make or I'm going to be able to make something else and not have to worry about where rent's coming from.
0: Exactly. Yeah, we, at this point, yeah, that we would take all of those mm-hmm. out. <laughs> we want to make this one though. We, we I think it's our best idea we've ever had. <laughs> and awesome. I'm like, I, hope, I hope we actually to get to make this
1: thing. Yeah, and it's wild. I was just hearing this interview with Edward Norton who writes a lot and uh, this new movie he has out motherless Brooklyn, he wrote that and I guess he directed it. I'm not sure if he directed it, but I mean, it's his baby and he's been working on that for years. It's just something he was passionate about.
0: I I remember reading someone say once like uh, in Hollywood, it takes at least eight years from the time you decide to make it. Yeah. And I'm like, oh boy, that sounds like a long
1: time. <laughs> yeah, and like to a certain that's degree, a I wonder if it's yeah, it is a long time. And some things I've heard like fourteen, fifteen years. You know,
0: I mean, you hear those stories all the time. You know, um, that's why I feel like, and that's what we're trying to do. You know, you want to make something. I feel like at least try to pick something that's timely. Right. That feel like we have to make this right now because it's so. Uh, specifically of this moment, kind of like Watchmen or something that's out right now, where you're like, this right. is very specific to right now. You couldn't make this any, at any other point because then it adds some like urgency to like <laughs> hopefully selling it and actually shooting.
1: Oh yeah, and then also when people see it and they see, when you know, like people you're pitching here, it, it's like, oh, this is really good and it has to be made right now. <laughs>
0: yeah it's very important you shoot this tomorrow you know so that's yeah i think maybe that's like the cheat code (laughs) to to getting around
1: it for sure um and then also there's if you can get it financed and made there's just putting it out yourself i guess distributing it yourself
0: we've done that a couple times yeah
1: yeah 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 so you've got you've got so much at your disposal
0: yeah, I mean, yeah, that's the thing. You know, we have friends. You know, the like the guys, uh, uh, the Ladies Night guys from mm-hmm. Atlanta. They just recently had a film. I think it's called The Vice Guide to Bigfoot, uh, <laughs> which is, just got into Austin Film Festival. Awesome. And they just shot that. You know, on their own. And Austin Film Festival is huge. And now they're getting all these write ups about it. And that was another time where I was like, see, that's the that's the whole. You know, if if you get if you can't get anyone to do it, you can at least make it yourself.
1: I mean, it, it worked do. for Tyler Perry.
0: Give work, and you know now he owns Atlanta. Like he's he's the president of Atlanta. So I mean, just go make your content, man.
1: Absolutely. So You 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 two have worked together a lot. What is your process for creating something together? I mean that sometimes, especially when you come from stand up, you're used to writing alone. Uh, but yeah. now you have a, a writing partner. Like, what sort yeah, of approach it, do you have?
0: You us on a good day because we were writing today. And so, you know, it's mainly just arguing. <laughs> <laughs> just, <laughs> it's just nonstop arguing that then somehow becomes art. I don't <laughs> <laughs> know. Like, I'm not really sure how it
1: works. I had another couple on. Um, I don't know if you know Henry and Mari from Charleston, South Carolina. But they're great, and they do sketches. And uh, they sort of, like sort of mentioned or, or alluded to, like, arguing during the creative process. I mean, that's just gotta be a part of it, I guess, if you're a couple and you're...
0: Sure! Like, that's a huge part of it. Because, you yeah, you know, your emotions are tied up to each other. Like, Also, like, I get back because I want to get in writer mode, but then she wants to be in, like, lovey mode. I'm like, no, we have to be serious. Like, you know, like, that's a big thing that happens a lot. Uh, we have a, you know, but then... We, I mean, we lock in for like eight hours at a time. So it's just you and, you know, the person. You, yeah. So what? You go crazy. Yeah, you go crazy. You That's know?
1: funny. You know? And so, is it is most of the arguing over the content or just like getting no, there no. on the same page?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like stop trying to sit on me. <laughs> you do that all the time. Uh, you know, <laughs> just weird shit, man. What what are we going to order from Postmates? Oh, uh, that's funny. But, uh, we Yeah, we don't argue about the script too much. We're pretty... We're usually, we'll we do argue about the script sometimes. Yeah, I think so. Uh, it's, you know... Uh, ev- also, every process is like... Every movie's different. I feel like as we uh, go on, a lot of times we're getting more, like, emotionally um, deeper, mm-hmm. <laughs> if that makes sense. We're digging into our trauma more and so sometimes writing is just us sitting in the living room crying for four hours <laughs> talking about our parents and our childhood and uh-huh. weird like that and then that ends up being you know a scene and then in the script or something so it's always different i don't know
1: that's amazing we'll,
0: though we'll see what it's done what what this process was <laughs> tune back
1: uh it's something for everyone to aspire to. Everyone who's in a in a relationship with someone else who's creative. Exactly it's learn like, to argue with each other.
0: <laughs> it is the most satisfying creative experience of my life, I would have to say, working with my partner. It's it's the coolest thing in the world. It's dope. It's dope. It's super, super dope. Yeah. You said coming from stand up the difference. I think that um uh you know I have someone to like, tell me my ideas are bad. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like stand up. The crowd tells you, you know?
1: Right. Um, And that's after you've already written it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And then a lot of times you're like, well, fuck them. They're wrong. (laughs) Like (laughs) like, She's going to be like, no, that's bad. That's you should don't do that. Don't say that. Um, And also you think of ideas you never thought of. Uh, I think you say things you would have never said because you're literally talking it out with another person. Um, Two heads is just better than one, I, especially yeah. something as structured and as complex as like a screenplay. I feel like uh, I couldn't write it on my own because I would just I would uh, not see the mistakes, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. What do, you, do you have an opinion, Catherine? You want to chime no, in on anything? We that a pretty good answer? Except for all the sitting on your stuff. Oh, not, besides all the sitting on your stuff.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, there should be some, some sort of like a class that couples who want to work together can take.
0: You know, <laughs> I keep saying that I want to write like a kid's book for long-term relationships. <laughs> like, or like a class to teach people how to do these kind of things. <laughs> like, That's funny. If it doesn't work out, that's what I'll do.
1: Do it. Do it even <laughs> if it does work out.
0: Even if it does. Yeah. Maybe I mean, impart this knowledge out to the world.
1: There's some, yeah. it, it,
0: also, our script is about, like, we work together in our script. We were like a YouTube couple. <laughs> okay. And so we, it was, the whole idea was to be able to write something where we could put our real, like, you know, dynamic into it, but not be oh. filmmakers or whatever. Right. Um, and so it's funny that. Sometimes we'll, we have these arguments, we have these things, and then we stop in the argument and go, This should be in the script. <laughs> this <laughs> argument itself should be an argument we have about how we work together. <laughs> it's very bad. It's getting very, very bad.
1: There's something, Justina and I have been for a while talking about, girlfriend of the show, Justina, have been talking yeah, yeah, about yeah, yeah. Of, uh, writing something, doing something together, and it's like a long gestating thing. But, um, there was something that she said when we were arguing. Not about trying to work together. We weren't trying to create something together. We were just, like, arguing. And she... <laughs> there was something she said that I was like, that statement doesn't make any sense. That's ridiculous. And she she said something to the effect of, baby, you know that I don't mean what I say. <laughs> or something like that. It's like... I was like, "You write that down. That's hey, going that's, in something. really hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, such a, like ridiculous uh (laughs) argument statement like you know that the things i say aren't real
0: (laughs) there's this part in our script where we keep arguing the whole script about going to olive garden (laughs) because like i want to work and she wants to go to olive garden and then mm-hmm. finally we get a big fight. I'm like, we can go to Olive Garden whenever. And she's like, it's not about Olive Garden. <laughs> and that just makes us laugh so hard to just scream, it's not about Olive Garden. <laughs> <laughs> it's deeper than that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, sometimes just having the humility...
0: Yeah, to so, like
1: laugh at yourself and laugh yeah. at like what's <laughs> happening between you two in an argument can really yeah. make a relationship work out.
0: We definitely fought about Olive. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we yeah we laugh a lot through arguments. That's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: those are the best actually when you can because it's and I think it's because yeah. just it's like truth in comedy. You know, it's just like it's something that's real.
0: Also, nothing is going to be funnier than conflict. You know, like, um, and I think we always made this mistake until recently. We're still trying to figure it out. But I feel like a lot of times we would write us in a place where we were always on the same page. Mm. And there was like external conflict at us as a couple. But Mm. we were always like this one unit that uh, didn't have much internal conflict. And recently we're like, no, what's funny is when we bash against each other. Mm. Uh, because we're always on the same page, so it's funny when we're not. That means it's something <laughs> really serious. Like, right, yeah,
1: that's a, that makes sense.
0: Serious on the surface, it's always Olive Garden on the surface, but the the you know underneath Olive Garden, it's like I think we should focus more on our relationship than our career. But then, but mm. you're really arguing about Olive Garden, you know? Yeah, and yeah. We, that's funny. Now that's the stuff we're really attracted to.
1: You know, and it works for the setting if it's something that's primarily focused on your dynamic together then yeah there has to be that's where the conflict would have to come in
0: exactly yeah
1: Uh, it reminds me of um the it was the seth Rogen movie with rose byrne and zach efron neighbors neighbors yeah
0: we reference neighbors all the time
1: it's a really great movie i think it was kind of like a surprise movie that was like no one expected it to be as good as it was
0: You rarely, and this is why we reference neighbors all the time, is you rarely see the husband and wife working together against a problem. Right. right? Like, usually there's, uh, you know, some kind of, the conflict is something like extramarital, or like they're Mm -hmm. unhappy in their relationship, and they're trying to find this bar, but like, They're happy with their relationship in the movie. They love each other. They're just tired from having a kid, but they still love each other. They still want to have fun and they work together and they come up with their solutions together. Yeah. Um, We're all because the
1: conflict was the neighbors. It wasn't within them. It wasn't within them. Originally when the movie was getting developed, there was more conflict between the married couple and Seth Rogen's wife read the script and she said, that's, a problem because or that's not good because i want to do all the dumb things that you do so that's what the dynamic should be in this and movie
0: as we talk about that same idea where it, it's like yeah we we have to have fun together
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: that's how we are in real life we're attached at the hip man mm-hmm. like always together we work together we live together we live in a studio there's no fucking walls in here like you know <laughs> we're together 24 seven all the weird shit i do uh she does and vice versa uh but at the same time we learned you still have to have conflict together but it's, it can't be like i'm unhappy conflict it's usually right. deeper than that it's usually something about yourself your trauma from your past that you are putting onto your partner right. that you haven't worked out yet that's what or at least that's what we've kind of figured out um and that yeah. way Feel like it's all just like I don't like my girlfriend. It's like no, <laughs> I'm dealing with something that I am projecting onto my girlfriend. Um, you
1: yeah, know. you figured out a lot. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Yeah, that's I good. I, yeah,
0: write. Uh, I, I should get married. I guess write I just, a
1: book like, on that. Well, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's your fiance. You might as well marry her.
0: I I just marry the girl. All right.
1: <laughs> oh, dude, we didn't even talk about the commercial.
0: Oh yeah, which one?
1: Um, the recent one, so what all what all like the recent one was natty light, right?
0: yeah, I just, <laughs> yeah. man, full evolution of my career uh, <laughs> where I always knew I would end up, um, I'm the the face of a natty light campaign, <laughs>
1: yeah, man, that's wild
0: natty, seltzer mango peach,
1: yeah, dude, that's dope, and you're great it's in dope. it,
0: it's super dope, yeah, I'm in like four commercials, yeah,
1: yeah, what were the others, or are they have they been released yet?
0: I don't no, I think they've only done the first one. Okay, so, so. Oh, you've done
1: strong. four with Natty Light. Yeah. Oh, that's great.
0: Yeah, we we shot a bunch in like two days.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's that's great. I mean yeah. that's
0: this is that, crazy. Yeah that's some good
1: change in yeah. your pocket too.
0: Those are I did one with NFL recently. That was sick. Um
1: Oh cool. Uh, I have not seen it, the NFL one.
0: It was for fantasy football. It, it was all on uh, ESPN over the summer. Yeah. I keep hitting the ESPN market super hard. <laughs>
1: uh, well, that's awesome, man. That's really great. Well, we've uh, reached <laughs> the end of the episode. Now it's time to create something together. And
0: yep. we, should, we should make a, a rap song.
1: A rap, yeah, because I I did rap at eight years old, so I guess yeah, I yeah. You did.
0: also rap at eight years old. <laughs>
1: no, no, not at all. Um, yeah. What is what's an idea that you have?
0: Man, I don't know. Um, like just anything.
1: It could really anything be cool. anything. It could be a sketch idea. It could be a pitch something. If we were gonna go in and pitch something. Okay. Yeah. What right. is the you know the pitch process? If I want to, if I have an idea or yeah. want to pitch something, like, how do I, what's that process? Maybe we could talk that out.
0: That's We're still figuring that out. That's where we're at right now. Okay. <laughs> That's, like, you're catching us at that exact point of figuring out, how does that work? I don't know. Um, You know, from, we do know, yeah. You know, the gist of it is, you know, one, have a good script. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> have a good idea. Mm-hmm. It helps to have a manager. These are things that are hard to, you know. Would, about how the what would you describe you with someone else. yeah i guess in our situation the pitch process is like our manager pairs us with someone else who either has some kind of overall deal with a network mm-hmm. uh, and they make content that is similar to it in regards so for instance you know if we, we lean heavy into diversity you know Issa Rae has a thing at three yards so maybe that's a person not saying we're pairing pairing with her i'm just mm-hmm. saying that's you know how they look at it it's like you fit with this person. Maybe you guys should hit it off. If you hit it off, that person takes you to the network they have a deal at and help you pitch to raise the profile of oh, the Oh, interesting. Um, and so that's kind of the avenue that we're pursuing right now mm-hmm. is finding someone who pairs with the material and then having that person bring us in to pitch the material.
1: Okay. An idea, if we were, if, if I was going to make something with you, because I care about
0: we we would have to make we'd have to play like brothers.
1: Well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I wonder what. What I mean,
0: if we were Obama's <laughs> something?
1: If Obama had sons.
0: If Obama had sons, like let's say it's not Obama, but like in the context of the story, it's the first, it's the first black president, and we're the two sons of the first black president. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of Sasha and Malia, it's something Frey is. and Jason.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Freya, Jason, or Malik, and... Uh, yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, Malik, cons- and <laughs> <laughs> it's Malik and Sherrod. Malik and Sherrod, they're the two first sons.
1: Because <laughs> to me, it's like, Sasha and Malia were good kids, they had a lot of grace, we would not. <laughs> have, like,
0: no grace, we keep it in trouble, uh, we keep, like... Throwing parties in the White House. That's funny. Uh, getting into debauchery. <laughs> <laughs> and then to, to set us straight, they make us the governors of a state. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like a political comedy series about. <laughs>
1: I'm on board.
0: Yeah, say what? It's a buddy comedy. It's, it's a, a brother yeah. comedy. But it's like Veep. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes, I'm on board.
0: Yeah. yeah soon shit out. This is yeah.
1: pretty good. I, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll put that in our brains. There yeah, it I, is. Great having you on the podcast, right? Dude,
0: thank you for having me. This was so much fun catching up, man.
1: It was fantastic having him on the podcast. Also great to have his publicist there to correct him in the background. <laughs> of course, that was his partner in crime, Catherine. You can check out their work through Koki Productions on poppopisdead.com. See their latest short film at that site and also go to Vimeo and you can check out good hair and you can follow them on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at Cokie Productions and him at Frey Ford links in bio. Don't forget to follow us at There It Is Pod on Twitter Facebook and Instagram and don't forget to subscribe to our free weekly comedy lifestyle newsletter. It is a newsletter for comedians and comedy fans and you just get to learn a lot through it. We've gotten some really great feedback. Go to ThereItIsPod.com to learn more. We have another fun new episode next week. Until next time, be good to each other.
0: The music for the theme song was created by Neil Brooks. The rap was written and performed by Nick Acevedo. The logo for There It Is was created by Jeff Prater. The There It Is podcast is produced by Jason Farr.